Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Championship Show. This is episode uh, series three, episode number three. The show is available live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, you're home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So please do follow us on social media, subscribe to that YouTube channel, click the bell for notifications, never miss a show. And of course, if you like your podcast in audio form, we are now part of the Sports Social Podcast Network, which is the UK's first dedicated sports podcast network. Network. You can find every show produced by Ace Podcast Nation, every series, including the Andy Campbell Championship Show, the Andy Campbell Football Show, exclusively on Sports Social 
uh, and they're all in you know Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Uh, of course, visit their website sports-social.co.uk. The links are in the description. Give them some love. Tell them that we sent you. And uh, as we continue to grow and uh, build on the community which we've built within the shows, we uh, have been supporting a charity, Super Six League, raising money for two amazing charities. You've got Maggie Centre, which is a cancer charity, and Mind, which is a mental health uh, charity. And we wanted to do a couple of shout-outs. Top for last round on 14 points was Owen Jones. Uh, for the season, though, Gareth Price is currently top in the league with 34 points, followed closely by Franco Rankmore, Cohen Griffith, ex-Cardiff City striker, of course, uh, Stephen Mayled, Owen Jones and Craig Sullivan. But uh, they make up the remaining places. We've currently got 89 players playing, which means there's over four, 534 in the prize. 34 pounds in the prize pot and 792 pounds in the charity pot it's not too late to enter help us raise some more money for two amazing charities and maybe win some cash for yourself compete test your football knowledge against myself and a load of cardiff city legends contact will melush on facebook or drop a message to the show and we can put you in touch with him uh Links are in the description to the Facebook group and everything. Will will probably be in the live chat this evening. But uh, we would love to everyone to get involved and test their knowledge against the lads, as it were. And uh, just for, as we wait for a couple of the late stragglers, uh, a big thank you to Black Diamond Sports, first of all, uh, for all their help and support around the show. As usual, they are a tremendous help and support. They are a global sports agency who represents sports stars from around the world. And for more information, you can visit their social media pages and their website. Again, links below. Thank you to Dan Ralston and Bespoke Financial, who sponsored this week's show. Dan Ralston of Bespoke Financial, as ever, has given away a free will worth £140 cash with any new policy which is taken out. So please do check out, check him out. Give him a call. Do not miss out on what is an amazing offer. He's looked after Andy for many a year with uh, the critical illness, the injury cover. They're truly top of their field. They provide award-winning service, and we are proud to partner with such a top-class brand. We thank them for sponsoring the show. And breathe. That is a lot of talking from me, so let's pass over to my co-host, my buddy, including uh, he is the goal collector, the fox in the box, still the king of the Millennium Stadium. Of course, he's David Jones's favourite son, ex-Cardiff City and Middlesbrough hero, the speed demon, the goal machine. Mr Andy Campbell, welcome, my friends. Good evening. Good evening. Do you know what? I wish uh, I wish I hadn't, I hadn't got these these comments on the side of my screen. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting some stick, by the way. The other one just, one just logged on. Um, I look like a taxi driver. Uh, great <laughs> comments, by the way. Keep them coming. Um, new haircut. I, I wouldn't really call it a haircut. Shaved this afternoon. Um, one, one, um, one honest thing for me. I did forget the other night, by the way, to do my uh, do my teams, which um, oh. obviously everyone's, everyone's alluding to. So obviously I got zero points, which um, to be fair, I, I just did generally forgot. I thought it was Saturdays and Saturdays only, but I'll, I've learned from my mistakes because uh, I, had, I had a good week at the weekend. So I'll give. Um, I'll put it down to experience, give everyone a chance to catch me up, and uh, I'll be back stronger. Uh, moving stronger forward, stronger than ever. Yeah, yeah, that's why I beat you this week. That's what it is. Too much pressure, yeah. Don says. yeah. Too much pressure, but uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a bit of fun, and, and uh, it's for a good cause, as it were. Um, so yes, indeed, mate. Um, so we're going to start the show as ever on a Friday with any other business. 
So this is the championship show, mate, as uh, as you well know. So um, we do generally keep it fully championship, but we do have a little chat about some other stuff. But uh, this week, in the Any Other Business, there is a lot of championship news uh, over the last day or two. Yeah. Um, we've had Gary Cahill has signed for Bournemouth, which is obviously a fantastic deal. Uh, in very interesting one. You've had Junior Hoyler, ex-Cab City, he's gone to Reading. Um, Burrow has signed some, as uh, a striker from Billericay. Uh, Cardiff and Peterborough have been charged for a melee. Oh, where to start, mate? Let's start with uh, let's start with Cardiff and Peterborough's melee, um, and let's you tell me what you saw and what you think happened, and what do you think of the punishments? Um, what I saw was was a very naughty tackle by the Peterborough midfielder who yes. who in twenty twenty one by the way following through with a follower through like he had, um, and then staying down. I'm not saying he feigned injury, by the way, but to stay down um, was a little bit naughty. He knew exactly what he was doing. And in 2021, it's it's a free kick the other way. So for Cardiff players to be... Let's let's be honest here. You know what I mean? The Aidan Flint ran 25, 30 yards to support his mate who was uh, was fouled. You know what I mean? uh, Because Pack could have been seriously hurt. And and that's the real and end all. You know what I mean? We don't don't watch these games to, uh, to see players intentionally hurt. I don't think he intentionally did it, but for me, I, I thought it was a little bit naughty. Um, I wasn't um, I wasn't massively impressed with it, and all I saw was, was Cardiff City's players back up their, one of their own, and for Cardiff to get punished, and for Peterborough as well to be punished, you know what I mean? Listen, you've got two sets of players who are backing up their own player, and uh, yes, I saw handbags, I didn't see any punches thrown, I just think the FA sometimes find, this, uh, find a way of punishing teams and, and getting money out of football clubs, and um, and for me, I, it was no more than the referee dealt with it really well. You know, what I mean, apart from the initial decision, which I think I thought he got wrong, I thought the referee dealt with the rest of the rest of it really well. He booked Flint, which was probably right. Um, he booked another player, which is which is probably right at the time. But for me, uh, just it's dealt with on the pitch. Just forget about it. Don't have to have any repercussions unless the referee missed something, which the only thing in my opinion he missed was was the initial tackle. But unless unless someone else thrown a punch and he missed it, which he didn't, and for me, just leave it and leave it there and just. Yes, warn clubs that about future conduct, but for anything more than that, for me, was just it doesn't need to happen. What do you think of that from Riverside uh, 2019? There, he says uh, punishing certain teams while other teams get seem to get off very lightly. Do you think there's any merit to that? It does feel a bit like that in the championship sometimes. That I, I agree. No, no, just... I agree. I, I I I won't probably I won't probably say teams as in. Clubs, it's it's normally managers or players. You know what I mean. So yes, indirectly it's clubs, but it's it's you know what I mean. That if that was the other way around, would it have been a free kick if Pack had gone through or Flint had gone through? Um, Neil Warnock seems to get on the on the wrong hand of um, a few decisions. He's, he's he's been like that throughout his career. Was that because he, he gives a little bit to officials? He's been like after Cardiff. It happened on Tuesday night at, at, at Middlesbrough. Um, uh, and this isn't me making excuses, by the way. Why Middlesbrough got beat the other day? I'm going to talk mm. about that later on, but. Um, I think sometimes managers are so passionate that decisions, fine decisions and the fine margin ones can go go against them because people just think it's the right thing to do. But it, it's about just being fair and doing the right decision. If it's the right decision, then you move on. And that's this is where VAR is positive because VAR, you always get the correct decision. At the minute in the championship, if the, if the Cardiff Peterborough was VAR, I believe we would have had a different outcome. If the Middlesbrough game, for example, was VAR, I think you would have had a different outcome again. So it's... It's just these fine margins, and when they add up towards the end of the season, I can understand how managers get really frustrated because these are these are big decisions at crucial times in games and def, def, de, defying moments in seasons, um, and it's disappointing. But 
listen, for me, no punishment needs to be made apart from the cards that were given out on the night and, and that's it. Well, like Donna, I think it was Donna said just there, like the referee has caused the melee by the way he's dealt with it. And I think what you've got to understand is the Euros have just gone. They're fresh in everyone's mind. And one thing which was universally praised in the Euros was the referees and the use of VAR. Yes, there was yeah. one or two tackles where people were like, oh, that's maybe a bit soft red and stuff like that. But ultimately, because it was consistent throughout the tournament, people were generally all right with it. Now, yeah. we've come into the season, that tackle was way worse than anything we saw in the Euros. And it's not a red card. Never mind the fact that, um, you know, those Cardiff players think their teammate could be injured. So you're going to have, you know, emotions are running high. To me, I agree with you. There was no need for it to be anything further. But ultimately, I believe the referees caused the problem by missing well, the thing is, the he, card. He, he went for the Cardiff player straight away. Uh, because he knew his reaction was was going to be strong. For me, if he'd have gone to the Peterborough player, then the Cardiff players know that the manager that the referee's got the correct decision. And because he went to the wrong player, I think he's he's just got he got the whole thing wrong. And he's more he's he's, he's caring more about the reaction than the tackle. You know, I mean that tackle is a fair tackle, but the follow through was not fair. And the follow through has gone out of football. It's not allowed in football anymore. It's we've seen those um serious injuries, we've seen red cards given in Europe and England now in, in, yeah, in Premier League. But it's a red card. I just think, I just think he's made I just think he's he's, he's he, listen, he didn't need to do it. He won the ball. The follow through is a is a natural follow through, but not the other leg. The other leg is a trailing leg, not another leg will go straight forward across the top of so the So is that part. is that trailing leg that's intentional follow like he can avoid that to me. It's a coward's tackle. It's a coward's tackle for me. Yeah and it's a it's a tackle it's a tackle that I would have probably done back in the day because I couldn't tackle, and and I'd do it because I didn't know how to tackle properly. And but that's not it, an excuse it, these days, is it? Like no, it's not. Especially when a centre midfielder does tackle. it. A centre midfielder knows how to tackle and he knows how to hurt because they're trained to do so um, in combat in, in in a game situation. And for me, I, I didn't I didn't like it, and and I wouldn't have liked it. It was the other way, by the way. This is me with my Cardiff City hat on. This is me with my professional footballer hat on. If that was me and someone's gone through me and won the ball, good tackle. You go through me, win the ball, and go through me. That's not a good tackle. So, what about again Riverside? There says, how do you how do you take the follow through out if you're fully committed and at full speed? Listen, listen, that's difficult. It's a difficult one, but then you've got to refine your tackling technique because if you're not allowed to do it, the referees more or less said that you're allowed to do it with 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 not punishing the tackle. So, if we're allowed to do it, then we're allowed to do it, and that becomes a good tackle again because back in the day, that was a good tackle, a strong tackle, and and it got fans going, it got the crowd going. But if, you imagine if, some if, of the tackles if, we'll see this year, though. If if that's well, allowed, if it's getting stopped, if it's getting if it's getting nullified out of the Premier League, then why is it allowed in the Championship? Because in the FA Cup it won't be allowed. In the Champions League it won't be allowed. It wasn't allowed in the Euros, so you can't just yeah, allow it in the Championship. All yeah, sorts of problems, mate, created by one decision, and and because they've then charged the players, I'm just, like it's almost like it's saying that's okay. Yeah, like, I totally, listen. I, to I totally agree. I, it's a problem. It's, 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 it's a grey area because we've got no VAR, so they, yeah. they, they can't. He can't. He can't go back through his decision because the the the, the moment got dealt with on the pitch. So it, it's it's a difficult one. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, James Costley says, "What about Harry Wilson's red?" <sighs> listen, you 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 got. We get moments, attacking players make some crazy decisions. And like I've just said there, I got sent off a couple of times by saying the wrong things. Sent the forwards and attacking players don't know how to deal with moments and tackles and things like that and, and, and lash out in 
silly moment. And it's 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 more of a regret for me that Harry Wilson's going to miss games or game because of a red card. Um, because he's too good to, to get stuck in those kind of moments. You know what I mean? And he, he's not that kind. He's not that type of player to be to be getting himself unnecessarily sent off. And because that has an impact on um, on Fulham, and they're on fire, by the way. You know what I mean? So he's going to have an impact if he doesn't play the next game because of his red card. Then it's his own stupid fault. And that's my biggest. He started, he started so well as well, isn't he? Yeah, he, has, he, listen, he was the best player on the pitch against Middlesbrough. I thought the second game he was he was under control. I think uh, I think Fulham is starting to just get a little bit better and better every single game. You know what I mean? Especially attacking wise. I thought Mitrovic was um, is back to his normal self self. And if you've got Harry Wilson being able to have that supply, but you need to be on the pitch to supply. I've said all along Harry Wilson is, is wasted on the bench, but he's not even going to be on the bench. He's going to be sat in the stand, so he's, he needs to get his discipline set. Like sorted out because what he can't afford to do is this is this carry on and get a reputation for it because referees like we just said players get um remembered by referees for certain moments of petulance and crazy decisions and for me it, it, it doesn't need to do it yeah 100 mate 100 um i just noticed gavin has entered the live chat i just want to say very quickly apologies to gavin i was supposed to take the t-shirt to him for uh from the euro sweep take on monday and i left it at home and then since monday i've been so busy i haven't had a chance to to take it over so i do apologize gav i'll get that to you as soon as i can um over the next couple of days but uh yeah as uh, as it's been a busy week but i do apologize uh profusely uh interesting question here from reese says uh, andy when you were a player if you criticize the fa and you get a fine and a warning once you retired are you allowed to openly criticize them uh as a player you're not allowed to openly criticize because you'll get done with um, ungentlemanly conduct or um, a, 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 a fine or a, a longer punishment, as in a suspension. Uh, as a player, I've got no affiliation with with the FA. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm giving my opinion to what I saw at the weekend. I'm not slagging off the FA. I'm saying that one of the officials made a really poor decision in a during a game situation and needed some help from either officials or VAR. You know what I mean? is not there, so he needed some help from someone else because he just got a he got a decision wrong. It wasn't a big decision. It was just a decision in the game. And, and for me, that's just... It is what it is. And this is human nature. And it's because we've got VAR all around the world, then for me, the championship needs it probably bringing in in terms of this league and some of these games could have a defining moment that stops the club getting promoted for £100 million because this is how big these moments could be at the end of the season. And you, what you can't afford to do is, um, is is allow this to happen week in, week out because referees are human, of course they are, but in the Premier League, they're allowed to make these mistakes because they get they get, they get put right straight away. Mm. Um, he says as an ex-player, are you allowed to criticise them? Well, I suppose like once you're an ex-player, you can do what you want, can't you? Yeah, do what you want. Yeah, listen to that. Um, there's, there's certain things that I think the FA have done really well. Uh, and I think there's certain things that they're, that they're getting massively wrong still. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of the stuff they're doing wrong, though, mate, seems to revolve around the championship and the football league, in my opinion. Um, and that's I don't, think, I, 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 I don't think we're all aligned. I don't think we're all aligned. And I think and I, and and I see the championship as a as a Premier League too. I see yeah. I see it that big. You know, what I mean, you, you just spoke about Gary Cahill signing. He's a Premier League. He's an England international footballer. He's a Premier League footballer's career. He's got to Bournemouth because Bournemouth have an aspiration to get the Premier League. And for me, the Championship should be shown as a Premier League too because of the money which is involved, as in the direct link to the Premier League because he's that big. And, and for me, 
they're not aligned and they haven't been aligned for so long. If they got aligned, I think it, it would show a little bit more respect uh, and just show how big this league could be because it's a huge league. And, um, and I think we're showing that with the performances, with the goals, with the games that are happening and the players which are involved in the league. It's a, it's a huge league. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because you can't, can, I don't think you can fairly compare the championship to any other second tier in the world. Like, because I feel like all the other second tiers are genuinely second tiers. Whereas the championship, like you say, is more like a Premier League too. And there's so much money involved in going up and down that it's vital that these decisions are right more than they're wrong. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, mate. A um, few sign-ins. Uh, you mentioned Guy Cahill. Junior Hoylet to Reading. I think that's a good pickup for them. Uh, yeah. Janino Bakuna, sorry, mate, uh, has gone from Huddersfield to Rangers. And uh, also just announced from Fulham have signed striker Rodrigo Munez from Brazilian A Serie A side uh, Flamengo for an undisclosed fee on a five-year deal. Uh, he's 20 years old. Um, that's an interesting one because he's... Uh, yeah, I'll listen to this. There's some. There's going to be some moves in the next eleven days. Um, I think it's uh, it's going to be extraordinary. Uh, I think it's a great move for Bakuna. I know he's obviously leaving the championship to go to uh, to Rangers. I think it's probably the kind of player that they need. He's he's good on the right hand side. He scores goals. He creates chances. He's got pace. He's had he's had a really good season last season. Um, I think Gary Cahill for me is a standout signing. Um, for Bournemouth, especially the, the players you've just said, um, I think he's it's, it's absolutely brilliant, fantastic. I think he'll be the, he'll be a big link. What they need to uh, help them push forward. They've had a couple of good results this week already in a, in, in a couple of big away games. Uh, but Junior Hoylet, probably a better move than I imagined. I thought he might have probably gone MLS and gone back home to Canada. Maybe I thought it might have been a natural progression for him. But he's he's decided to stay in the UK and go to a go to a very good club. who's was was always in and around the the playoff areas and there's no one more experienced than junior to help a football club progress through and, and potentially get in the playoffs. You know, he's been there, he's done it, he's wore the t-shirt. So good luck to him. Hopefully he's a success because he's had a fabulous career uh, and hope he can continue it. He's a, he's a good lad off the pitch and, a, and an even better player on it, uh, in my opinion. And hopefully he can carry on. Uh, obviously Middlesbrough signed a, a, a youngish player, 23 from uh, Billy Ricky town. Um, you know, I mean, Middlesbrough have a, have a tendency to to, to to get the odd GM out of non-league football. They did it with Lewis Wing. If, if that's one of those, fantastic. Um, does it excite the middles of the fans? Probably not. But if he does the does the job in the on, on the pitch and gets goals, then fantastic. Uh, but you know, what I mean, it's all about results, Si. And 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 I can see why Bournemouth fans are excited today, and probably middles of fans aren't as excited because the, the the level of players that the clubs are looking at is is difficult. But it's uh, for me. It's uh, it's just about getting results on the pitch, and if, uh, if if my clubs, everyone else's clubs, can can start to do that because it's so it's such a tough league, such an interesting oh, league. Everyone seems to be able to be anybody. It's brutal. absolutely fascinating. Yeah, horrible. They um, great at the same time. Well, Oli Sana, who's signed from Billericay Town to Middlesbrough, like Warnock said, basically, well, to quote him, he said, "I wanted to give him an opportunity. I watched him play, and I just had a hunch." Now Neil Warnock, very very experienced, so he's seen something. That makes him think that Oli Asiana can make that jump from the National League South to the Premier League Two. Okay, yeah. it's a massive jump. Let's let's be realistic. But uh, like you say, they have picked, they've picked the odd non-league gem. They bring through young players very well. Um, but I'm sure Middlesbrough fans were probably hoping for someone with a bit more experience. 
maybe yeah. someone who's going to grab them the goals to progress from last year. It's yeah, it's a risk free signing though, isn't it? At the end of the day, oh, listen, um, it's, it's a it's a cheap option, um, and maybe that's maybe it's just that's the way the football clubs needed to go for now. But listen, I hope it works out. I hope it's a gem and 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 he can he can be sold on or he can he can push the club to another level because if anybody gets the opportunity by the way go on middlesbrough social media and, and have a look at the, the, the lads interview because the lads interview is absolutely fantastic he sees it he sees this opportunity as a golden ticket in, in his words and that's fantastic because you know what these opportunities for these young players and for people like him at that level don't come around very often and if they do you've got to be ready to uh snap the hands off and, and you know what? i hope he does it for himself i hope he does it because he's he's, he's obviously my one of my football clubs, and and I, and I really hope that he can do it for himself because, uh, yeah, Jamie Vardy, all these other non-league players, Ian Wright of this world, who've done it and, and, and come through the non-league scene. There is some gems out there. It's just it's just finding the time in the scout network to be able to have uh, the time to go and watch them regularly and make sure that they're the right fit for for the club and that. It's having the guts to do it though, mate, as well. And I think it that's it. the thing I like. Yeah, it costs it, like, it, it, it is, and you know what. Neil's Neil's been there wore the t-shirt. He normally goes down his, his experience players route, but he's gone down it. He's gone down this year. Um, yeah, well, the, the, the things I'm going to talk about Middlesbrough later on. It's not Neil Warnock's style of playing philosophy seems to have changed this year, and his 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 um his timing his signings seem to be a little bit different as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really fascinating to watch how Middlesbrough do because you don't see normally don't see many very experienced proven managers like Warnock suddenly changed their philosophy. And I noticed that that some of the players he've signed have been quite young. You know, obviously Sol Bamba though is is exactly the sort of player which he would get, but interesting mate, nonetheless. Um I just wanted to also make mention before we move to the championship of um Dennis Law, uh, who this week announced he's been diagnosed with um two types of dimen- uh, dementia um Obviously, there was a statement released by Dennis and his family, as well as um, the charity Head Change, which is helping out uh, ex-footballers with difficulties with dementia and other things linked to playing. But um, obviously, it's a terrible, you know, terrible thing, terrible shame, and really upset to to to, to hear that and to find it out. Um, unfortunately, it does feel like every couple of months another ex-footballer, another ex-hero is kind of announcing that they've been diagnosed with some form of dementia. I've got to be honest, I do really think that it's linked to the balls. Um, and of course, of course, the, the the style of play was so much more physical back then. Elbows and shoulder barges and things which rocked the brain um, were common practice. So Something, Something's got to happen on the side because until a recent or current player gets diagnosed with the same thing, then I'm not, I'm not saying nobody's taking it serious, but for me, it's got to be taken serious because of um, the potential of it. Because, and I've used him as an example before, and I'll use him again because I just noticed because he does it all the time. It's Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire heads the ball more than I've ever seen anybody head it. You know what I mean? He's, he rises above people. He, he, he gets knocked. He, he heads heads. He heads elbows. He heads balls. He... And he, and he must do this in training as well because it's it's not something he can just um, do on a match day. You do it every single day. You know what I mean to be to be that good at it. You know what I mean. And he is he's the best header of the ball I've seen in uh, probably all my career. He's that good. You know what I mean. And he heads it with power, distance, aggression. And is that in his mind? Is that in other players' minds? You know what I mean. Is that why 
heading has gone out of the game a little bit and people are overplaying and getting the ball down and, and you know what I mean? I, I can't answer that because I've never been a, a player who's headed the ball. Um, I used to hate heading it because it used to hurt. So, you know what I mean? For him to head it and do it the way he does it, it looks like he enjoys it, by the way. It must be. Yeah. He obviously does it very well and, and, it, and it makes it look easy. But I used to hate it, I'll be honest. I used to really hate flicking the ball on because it would... That's why I've got no hair, by the way. It used to just skim off, me, skim off my flocks. And um, and I just used to... You know what I mean? When I used to head it with a forehead, it wasn't a nice feeling. You know what I mean? So, for him to keep doing it and doing it repetitively, it's fair play to him, but... I'd love to ask him the question or someone to ask him the question and um and because it's just it's just not a nice thing well when we had uh, charlie barnes who obviously plays for carlisle united young young footballer sort of very young footballer really um when we had him on the monday show we i think that was one of the questions that we put to him is is it something that's on your mind is it something that you're thinking about um and going off my memory which is not always the best um i believe he said it's not something he's worried about or concerned about and i mean you know, that's from a young footballer and of course he's got numerous other things to be concerned with at this stage of his career but I do believe that <clears throat> what we know about like and I know I, I'm well aware that concussion and concussion syndrome is different to dementia but what we do know is that prolonged shaking of the the body and the, the head like in American football or just it doesn't have to be physical, just your body and your brain being shaken in your head causes long term damage, which you will not discover till later in life. And when you look back at those games in Dennis Law's era of playing, it, some of them were absolutely brutal. Of course, all the highlights you see are of all the fantastic goals. But if you really look and you look at the tackles that went in, the elbows that were flying, the bodies flying everywhere and bumping into each other, the, the weight of the balls being headed. And then when they got wet, it was even worse. I'd like to think that the way football is now physically and the way the balls are so light and they don't absorb water the same way they do. Hopefully, hopefully, and, you know, touch wood, that maybe we will, you know, maybe we won't ever see um, young footballers of now have the same issues later in life. I hope that's the case. Um, I know like people from that charity and, and, and other places don't believe that to be the case. They think that it's, you know, the repetitive na nature of heading from a young age, but. But then, but, but then you look at Dennis Law as a player, you know, I, mean, I wasn't fortunate to see him live. I watched videos of him. My dad told me all about him and um, about how he played. Uh, not a massive header of the ball. So he's a more, more of a ball to feet kind of player. So it's, it's, it's a difficult one. Craig mentioned that's a great comment, by the way. That's an absolutely fantastic comment. You know what I mean? If you're if you're paying twenty five pound a ticket to go and watch your team, and I'll use Aidan Flint as an example because he scored two uh, two fantastic goals the other day with with his head. Um, if Aidan Flint pulls out of a header, a ball over the top, and Peterborough scores the third goal, what a fans' reaction is going to be? What's the manager's reaction going to be? What's his yeah. teammates' reaction going to be? Yeah. It's just a, it's a very it's a very, it's a mess in my, in my opinion. Yeah. I think until there's no there's no way to do it and there's no definitive answer. There's no there's no right or wrong way at the minute. You know what I mean? To risk every time every time a player um, does it, either putting himself at risk potentially whenever they go uh, an aerial ch uh, challenge. It's um, it's a very 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 grey area at the minute, and uh, and I think the FA would probably be right in coming out and and putting a few um, few things in place to. To have random random tests, brain tests, or yeah, they should on, 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 on a couple of plays. 
I think it's so difficult to to pick up and and things like this. But it is, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's it's sad, mate. Unfortunately, um, just saw on YouTube, Gaz has put um, long term. Gaz thinks that they will just ban heading altogether, um, and he says sadly. Um, I do no, think. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that would, how I, that, would how that would happen, and, and then we'd, we'd go down the route in football of everything's got got to be below head height, and it's like I, I just well, can't have no. that happening. I just can't have it happen. It just makes it difficult, doesn't it? Like if you ban heading. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because it could still go over head height. I tell you, I guess it's, it's, thing, it's hard, though, isn't it? Aiden it? it? Flint, for example, who's and Harry Maguire, who are both serial headers of the ball, then you take away so much of their game, don't you? Well, probably ninety, probably ninety percent of their game. Mm. And, I, and and I'm not being disrespectful by the way when I say that because because Aiden's got two goals with his head, so Cardiff would have lost the game because he wouldn't have been able to score those two goals. So. <sighs> I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know if that's not the answer. I'm just, I'm just thinking how difficult it would be to take something away, which is, I don't know. Do we use softer balls? Does, does, do, we, do we use, do we use things to protect? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, a couple like, of people have like said uh, like headgears, um, like uh, pet checkered, or like they're using rugby. Oh, is, that, is that your choice? Is it, is it your choice to wear it? I just think, I just think we've got to be. Kelly says they're unrealistic. You've got to be realistic. I think that's my point. It's got to yeah. be, you've got to be realistic with the things that you've got to put in place because these things you can't take away from professional football. It's like saying we're going to take tackling away because people keep getting serious, serious injuries. Tackling is going to be there and it's always going to be there. And we try to we try to help tackling by taking away a bad tackle, but then we're still talking about it because a bad tackle still happens the other day where it gets it gets dis, um, it gets misinstrued with with yeah. what happened. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know what the answer is. And, and Gaz wasn't, I don't think, saying that heading should be banned. He just, I yeah, no, listen, implying that it probably At the minute, there's no right or wrong answer. And I'm not right. Um, you're not right. Uh, Craig's yeah. not right. Kelly's let's, not right. Let's, right. Let's not jump the gun, mate. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's, nobody's, nobody's right. I, I just wish, I just wish we could all head the ball without thinking in 25 yeah. years' time that someone's going to potentially get dementia from it which is just yes sad. yeah yeah it's sad mate it's uh it's one of those you feel quite helpless with it don't you um oh, yeah so we're gonna have to move on to the the, the championship mate because we've got two lots of games to speak about so i think we're going to go with the format we went with last week um me and you will pick a game each from saturday and a game each from wednesday and then we'll kind of talk about the rest of the games generally, because otherwise we'll be here for hours. Um, so I'll let you go first, mate. What uh, what game from Saturday would you like to discuss? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise everybody here, and I've gone for a nil nil draw, and I've gone for Swansea against Sheffield United because I watched it on Saturday evening, thinking I'm gonna be really excited and really um, uh, by the by the football on place. You know what I mean? Swansea play good football. Sheffield United got Premier League footballers, and I was so disappointed. It was absolutely scary. I thought the way that Swansea set up and, and overplayed. Um, and this, by the way, if I've got any Swansea fans watching this show, please don't think that this is me having a slate on Swansea City because I'm an ex Cardiff City player. I thought that the manager got so many things wrong. I thought he overplayed when he didn't need to overplay um, in his wrong areas. I thought the goalkeeper took so many risks, and he was very, very, very lucky that Sheffield United didn't score two or three goals. If um, James just said then we'll go do it. If Sheffield United had a decent centre forward and a confident centre forward on the pitch, 
Um, they would have scored two or three in the first half comfortably. In the second half, I thought they were unlucky not to win the game. McGoldrick missed a good header. Um, Sheffield United looked like they're lacking confidence carrying on from last season. Um, was 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 it the right thing to do, bringing in a, a manager from League One? Only time will tell. I think there's a lot of pressure on a manager coming in to do a do a job and follow on someone's side who's done a really good job over the past two seasons, by the way. You know, I mean, he's done a, a fabulous job, Cooper, before he's left. Um, and someone who's coming in, sometimes the, the grass isn't always greener. You know what I mean? When you're comfortable in your job, do you sometimes have to move? Is it the right thing to move? Because if you don't do a good job, then someone else is going to come and take your job off you again and you're going to lose it. And for me, it, it's a difficult one, but I thought it was a it was a very disappointing game um, for two very good footballing sides who were uh, one overplayed in the wrong times. One just hasn't got started yet. It was lost some good players in good areas. Sheffield United crying out for a centre forward. You know what I mean? You've got your Brewsters, um, your Ollie McBurney, you know what I mean? Who was sub came on, didn't really have an impact on the game whatsoever against his former club. Uh, and for me, they nearly they need to give the head a shake because mm-hmm. as I'm not going to talk about them in, in midweek, uh, because we're going to go talk about a different game, but they got smashed by by um West Brom 4-0. So well, they've got a they've got a huge, huge season ahead of them. Yeah, and like what I would say with it, and again, it's nothing to do with my Cardiff allegiances. I said this to you off air, I think, last week, um, or it might be in the week before, was where if you're gonna appoint a an inexperienced or a League One manager or a manager from a lower league or a young manager, and you're gonna take that risk, you can't just give them twelve months or six months. You've got to give them time to to do things their way. And what I worry about is he doesn't seem to be settling. He's trying to play a certain way. The players aren't taking to it or they aren't implementing what he's wanting to do or they're not able to implement what he wants to do. So that's a, a bit of a clash. If they don't sort it out, he's going to be the one that takes the blame. But I watched them against Sheffield United and I watched them the week before or I listened to him on the radio the week before when I was out. And um, the, on the radio, it felt like almost every couple of minutes they were nearly conceding a goal by overplaying or playing in the wrong areas, the keeper taking risks. That's a problem. But that is a problem that can be dealt with pretty quickly. I but totally agree. Listen, the manager's got to deal with it. Can we just put uh, put Reese David Evans' comment up? And, and listen, this isn't me having having a slate on them. They, they, they play some fantastic stuff. My point is um, they're playing the wrong areas and the, the goalkeeper doesn't need to play. If you play that football in the final third, I'm excited because you're going to create a chance, but you're going to score a great goal like Barcelona scoring and all these kind of people. My point with, um, and, and, and if, if, he's, if he's came out with a comment of the squad isn't fit enough yet, why aren't they fit enough? Because he was there in pre-season. Whose fault yeah. is it that they're not fit? That's my, yes. that, that's my concern. How, how's a professional footballer not fit after pre-season? There's no excuse for that whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, mate. It's um, yeah, it's worrying. If I was a Swansea fan, I'd be worried because um, not just that they're not winning games, but they look like they could concede multiple goals, multiple like every game, which is obviously a big issue in the championship. Um, so the game I want to talk about for Saturday is um, West Brom versus Luton Town. Um, I have been so so impressed with both these teams. Luton Town, particularly, mate, have like they have just taken to this season, like they finished last season. They've been superb. Yes, you know West Brom was superb as obviously, and they were three 0 up. And but but Luton did three 0 down. Still, they weren't dead, and they made a game of it in that last sort of twenty minutes. They scored in like the eighth minute of injury time. But that 
that boost that 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 fight back gave them enabled them then to go on and win on the Wednesday against Barnsley, which, you know, I feel like, you know, they've beaten Peterborough in the league. They drew with Stevenage and lost on penalties. Okay. I mean, that's the EFL Cup, your resting players, all this. But in the league, Luton Town have been very impressive to me. West Brom looked like they could, could do a Newcastle to me. Um, they look very, very special. They've got, so they've got a very, very good manager who's riding the crest of a wave at the minute. You know what I mean? That he hasn't, he hasn't brought in many players. Um, he brought in Mauer from, from, from his old club, Barnsley. Um, small tweaks with a very good squad from last season. And so far, so good. He, I don't think he could have had a um, a, a better dream of, of, of a start, what he had. You know what I mean? Absolutely brilliant so far. Yeah, superb, mate. Um, the other thing as well is with West Brom, they lost Pereira, who has been one of the best players. That's for two years. He's been superb. Um, so to lose him... <laughs> And still come out dominating teams the way they are in the first. Well, I, said, I think I said this last. Uh, I, I might have said it in, in, in on Monday um, about individuals not making um, or, or when when teams lose individuals, sometimes it makes them a better team. And from what I've seen in West Brom in the last um, three games, is West Brom look like a better team without him in the side. But when he's in the side, he looks so exciting, and, and things happened at the minute. They just look like an, a, a breath of fresh air. And I don't know if that's the manager, if that's the style of player. Um, but it looks like a very exciting time to be a West Bromwich Albion fan again. Yeah, Craig says they brought in Moet, who is absolute yeah, he's quality, and he is uh, he's exceptional. Um, what's the the Wednesday game that you'd like to put a bit of focus on, Matt? Um, I've gone to the Middlesbrough game because obviously I watched it um, in, uh, in 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 depth. Uh, I've been quite critical over the past probably two years of QPR. Um, Warburton looks like he's he's turned the screw. He's brought some brought in some very good players. Um, I thought Middlesbrough were excellent in the first half. Probably should have been two 0 up before they got the penalty after seven minutes and got the penalty and uh, went one 0 up. I thought Middlesbrough were excellent in the first half. Thought they caused uh, QPR numerous numerous problems. Uh, but then the second half started and, and QPR were absolutely brilliant. Uh, took the took the game to Middlesbrough, got an early early equaliser through an own goal by uh, by Johnny Housen, and then they went then they went down to ten men. And that was a, a, a moment in the game and I thought Middlesbrough were just going to walk the game. And, um, and maybe that was a bit of arrogance by me. Um, maybe the Middlesbrough players had the same mindset because QPR got at them and they got at them and they got at them and Middlesbrough couldn't cope with them. And uh, once they went ahead um, and the Middlesbrough clawed them back and then went back ahead, uh, Middlesbrough just didn't have the answers for them whatsoever. Uh, the, the, the time management, the game management, saw the game off time waste when they needed to, put the ball in the good areas when they needed to. Uh, it was absolutely brilliant. And um, uh, one question I will ask, and I don't know if you've seen it, Sai, I don't know if people saw it in the in the, in the group, uh, was Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin came on, um, came on the second half and he had a little flashpoint with, um, I think it was Hall from Middlesbrough Set Defender. Um, and people say he headbutted him. I thought he ran into him, uh, but I've watched it about 50 times and I, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to say he did because I, I don't think he's that kind of player, and with the with the the way that the the way that the Middlesbrough player got up, I think it's a difficult one to uh, to define if he did that on purpose. But for me, you know, I mean, I've had loads of people ask me the same question. You know, what I mean, should he should he be punished retrospectively? And for me, the answer is no. Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think there was much in it. Um, I can see why people are kind of, but it's like they, everyone wants to make like a big deal of everything, and I just. I don't think you need to retrospectively do anything with that. 
But well, there's lots of things like we, 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 we're speaking about Cardiff and we're speaking about, um, you know what I mean, Peterborough. And for me, it happened on the pitch. The referee could have seen it or, or Willis saw it. The linesman, the referee gave a free kick. So he saw something. And if he saw something, he would have he would have done it. He would have given the, the punishment he deserves. But for me, he, he, he gave a free kick and, and, and you move on. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, mate. I've got to be honest. Um, so, for me, um, I wanted to ask you, Middlesbrough, mate, you were predicted at the start of the season and mm-hmm. um, that you thought they'd you know, improve on last year, go maybe one better. Um, are you worried by some of the things you're seeing? Um, I'm, I'm going two ways. I'm going to answer this question in, in, in two different ways. Um do I stand by my decision that Middlesbrough are going to finish better than they did last year? I don't think they will on current, on current form from what I'm watching. But I'm excited for what I'm watching because it's like watching Newcastle years ago under Kevin Keegan that we just seem to attack, 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 attack. And, and this is my point about Neil Sides. Neil Warnock, in, in, in my knowledge, and all the Cardiff fans will probably back me up here, is not an expansive football manager. He likes to make things tight. Where at the, at the minute, Middlesbrough are attacking. And then they're defending, and then they're attacking. It's like a boxing match, you know what I mean? It's like who gets knocked out first. It's great, and I probably won't be saying that if they're if they're fighting a relegation battle. But if they can just tweak a few things around, I'm not sure where the right areas to do. Listen, he's the expert, but if I, if I was a neutral watching the game on on Wednesday, it was probably one of the best games I've seen. So uh, you know what I mean? As a football fan, it was brilliant. As a Middlesbrough fan, it was awful, but <laughs> awful in terms of results. But yeah, no. You know what I mean? You're getting your value for money being a Middlesbrough fan again, which I used to say that about being a QPR fan last year. They're getting the value for money. Middlesbrough fans have never had the value for money probably since um, Brian Robson, Steve McLaren. So, you know what I mean? So now they're, they're, they're certainly getting it. I don't know if that's a good thing, but they're certainly getting the value for money. Yeah, I think um, that's... That admits, at the end of the day, first and foremost, you want to enjoy your football, don't you? Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe it's Neil's... Maybe he's Neil's uh, chilled out a little bit due to COVID, and he's uh, he's he's happy to entertain. He's turned into a new a new manager. You never know. Yeah, well, maybe I don't think so. But I saw that some referees have been. Uh, they don't like the way he confronts referees and oh, stuff. Oh, listen, Neil Neil didn't Neil didn't change his um, his attitude after the game when he when he came on the pitch to to um, berate the referee. So certain things haven't changed. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so the game I'd like to talk about, I. Like I know, guy. Maybe people will get non-Cardiff and Borough fans might get a little bit frustrated because you talked about Borough and I want to. But I've got to talk about Peterborough and Cardiff because Peterborough were two 0 up. They deserved to be two 0 up. I thought. Um, I thought they were really good. Yeah, I thought um, they were good. Second half, second half especially, I thought they were really good. Sakiri Dembele. Um, I really, he really impressed me. Um, I've got to be honest. I thought he did a fantastic job uh, throughout. Um. Cardiff have got a few issues, I think, but ultimately, uh, I think generally that formation is working for them. But I thought Peterborough dealt with Cardiff's formation pretty well. They matched them up, and um, like I said, Dembele was good up front. Peterborough Burrows, I thought in the like in the hole in the number ten position, I thought was really good. Um, I thought he was exceptional actually. Um, but Cardiff showed tremendous. Balls to men, whatever you want to call it, just fight. You know, at 83 minutes, it was 2 0. By the 96th minute, it's 2 all. You know, um, Aiden Flint, I thought it was exceptional all game, by the way. Um, but then to top that performance off with 
two goals, even better. And by the way, Aiden Flint was not everybody's first choice as Cardiff centre back going back a while. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for his performances, but also getting himself in good shape, getting himself fit and performing consistently deserves you've got that. Remember, you've got to remember, Sai, when he when he first signed, he was shipped out to Sheffield Wednesday more or less straight away because yeah. he wasn't he wasn't the manager's first choice to get in the in the two and, and on the bench. So um he was he was shipped out there um he didn't have a great time there he pulled his hamstring very early um and and um, came back and and hit the ground running straight away with Cardiff. he got the winning goal against Fonzie and and he's been loved ever since so it's 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 fine moments in people's careers and defining moments because i think his cardiff city career got kick-started with a goal against Fonzie. yes and um, and two things i'll add as well marlon pack missed another sitter so that's he missed the sitter on the opening two sitters on the opening day. Missed another one on Tuesday. Look, I'd not blame in Marlon Pack by any means, but if he scores that, it's three three two technically. Same with you know the the game on the first game of the season, they're gonna win instead of drawing. They are costly. A player at this level should be scoring them, particularly a midfield player. Um and the other, the other thing I had go on. I would like to ask your opinion on on team selection and did did Mick get his team selection right because obviously he went with he went with the same starting eleven he did against Blackpool. Um, the Blackpool game is such a different game. It's a it's a, it's a difficult game. You know, I think I think I think you've got to mix things. You've got to mate. For, for me and I've said it all along. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not. Keep me not king, but for me he's, he's the best centre forward. And for me, you've got to play your best centre forward. And you know, if someone if someone's scoring three goals, then Maybe I keep him out, but so you know what I mean. He didn't. That didn't happen. So for me, you've got to stick him in. James Collins isn't scoring. Also, even if if even if um, Keeper Moore can only play an hour because he obviously is recovering from COVID and injuries and whatever, he can play an hour. Play him for an hour and then bring on Collins for the for the final push. I and yeah, he'd be the one change I'd probably make. Look, Marlon Pack is doing pretty well, other than when he's in a score goal scoring position. One player who's been absolutely outstanding for Cardiff City already this season is um, Giles, Ryan Giles. Uh, yeah. what everyone's, everyone's saying good things. I thought um I thought towards the game, I thought I thought the end of his um the end of the paper game, I thought he was excellent. He put some really um dangerous crosses in um, from nowhere. Uh, and that's what Cardiff City needed at the time to give the, the players some inspiration. I've got to give the goalkeeper um a huge pat on the back for his for his part in the second goal because he battled to win the ball to put it ball, put it put it wide yeah. because if he hadn't done that then Cardiff wouldn't have got the recycled ball to put the ball in the box. I think it's a um it was a huge moment in that game because if um if Big Bird had broke away potentially it's another goal and the game's put to bed. But I think to be still unbeaten um from the position that they were in and yeah about two away games as well against two tricky promoted sides, I think you've uh, I think I think you'd be quietly Happy that you've uh, that you've come unscathed, really. Well, here's a question for you then, mate. Um, I saw, I think it was Geraint said, until Cardiff City get a playmaker to run the midfield, they're going to struggle. Um, I kind of agree with that because I just think we have got a lack of creativity from or an nous from those slightly deeper positions. But I also think that's why we've changed the formation slightly. Yes, it's to accommodate the two wing backs and and the three centre-backs, of course it is. But also I think it's because we haven't got an out-and-out attacking central midfielder or a number 10. So we've got to use Giles and Bakuna either side. I don't think 
Bakuna is a a wide forward player either. Um, you know, I think he's more suited to being in central midfield. Um, like I said, Ryan Giles being superb. I'd like to see maybe a Colwell or a Sang or a Murphy get a chance um, where Bakuna's playing. Um, I would like to, I'd, I think I'd really like to see Murphy back in, give him a, we said, I said this last year, give him a run of games and he will get a bit of momentum going and a bit of confidence and he, he will, you know, he'll put the ball in the box. And I think Kelly just said there, if Kiefer Moore plays, he'll get on the end of Ryan Giles's crosses. So if you put Ryan Giles on one side and Murphy on the other side, Kiefer Moore in the middle. That's common sense to me, but, you know, what do I know? Um, so, yeah, I'll be interested on your take if Cardiff need that number 10 or attacking midfielder or creative midfielder and also the people in the chat as well. Listen, I would like to see, I'd like to see some, something sometimes out of the ordinary. If that's two centre forwards up top together, you know what I mean? For me, imagine Kiefer Moore and um, James Collins together. You know what I mean? He would, they, they would both frighten defences to death, but, you, but then you'd need wingers to put balls in the box for them. If that's crosses from deep or balls, but quality balls, you know what I mean? Because sometimes you can afford to do it. You know what I mean? If you can get good quality balls forward, you've got more chances to score with those two, those two centre forwards in there. It's just, uh, but I totally agree. In order for Cardiff to create more chances and score more goals, you need that link and that and that tend to play behind or or somebody closer. Um, in an ideal world, I'd have a I'd have a I'd have a faster centre forward up front with a with a target man, somebody to run the channels to take the pressure off um off, off the off the big fella. Um, have they have they got that? Um, that's, is, that's why Harris James is, Collins Harris is, is probably, weird sign, isn't it? Harris is probably your closest. Uh, there's talk of him going out on loan. I, I think it'd be a disaster if he did. Um, do they need another body in? <sighs> Possibly, um, uh, the, probably the strangest thing of the of the last ten days was um, was the lad who signed in time to play in the cup game, Marley. Uh, I can't remember what his name is. Apologies, and and what, and he didn't. Um, and he didn't Marley, Marley, what? No, what's his name? I forgot. I can't remember what he's called. And he, did, and he didn't. And he didn't score. Um, you know what I mean? So it's uh, Marley Watkins. Yeah. I, 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 I don't. I don't get why he was given a contract and then he then he's then he's not there. It's, it's it. It was very strange. Very strange indeed. Because was he the answer? He seemed to do enough in the game that um the game that he played. So um yeah. surely he probably warranted another opportunity. Uh, I just found it a, a very strange one. Unless it was unless it was an individual choice that a, a, a move a move came around for him to go somewhere else. He's going to sign for, for a different club. I just found it very so, strange. Uh, very strange. Yeah. So apparently, Marley Watkins has been released, and Mark Harris is now staying uh, and not going out on loan. Is uh, what the people in the chat are saying, um, and you know, I believe that cause they they keep up to date more with the Cardiff news. They're on social media and things like this. Um, you got Vassell in the reserves, but my point is, they haven't got a different option other than Mark Harris. So I agree with you. You cannot send him out on loan because okay. this is why the James Collins signing didn't make any sense to me because he's so similar to Harris. He's so similar to Kiefer Moore, but not as good all round, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Um, okay. So I wanted to just kind of talk about generally mate, about some performances over the weekend. Who stood out for you? Um, over the course of the week, it had to be um, probably well, there was three really over, over the course of the week: uh, Fulham, Bournemouth, and, and West Brom. 
I think they've just um, they've got the squads, they've got the players, and and was I surprised they stood out? No. Um, do I think that 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 they're going to run away a little bit? I, I do fear because I just think the squads they've got with a Gary Cahill stand as well. Uh, the way that Mitrovic can score goals, the way that West Brom have started, they just look so strong, and and I just I just fear for everybody else because it does seem that there's a gulf in. Um, in not 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 club size because that's disrespectful to everyone else. I probably mean in, in the in the budget size um, and what clubs are able to do because of COVID and um, obviously Fulham have come down so they've got parachute money. Um, Bournemouth have still got parachute money from the year before. West Brom have just come down so they've got parachute money and it's that that golf does make it a little bit um, a little bit unfair sometimes to take. Yeah. Um, Sam Baldock scored for Derby County and to beat the whole city. Um, that stood out for me because even Sam Baldock, um, I'm not sure how old he is now, he's not young, but um, he uh, he's a goal scorer, mate. And the fact is, if he's fit and they create chances, he will score goals. Um, Ravel Morrison uh, created a couple of chances, looked pretty tidy and good and good to see. Obviously, need to see more from him. Um there was uh, there was a boy I've forgotten his name who plays for QPR. Um, I think it's the number ten. Um, is it chair? Yeah, I think that's yeah. his name. He was phenomenal. Yeah, really, exactly. really exciting. Yeah, I was um, I was quite surprised that, that the Premier League club didn't have a, have a have a look at him in the summer because I thought he finished the season really well. But now, I, you know what I mean? In, in QPR over the over the, the last probably five six seven years of a uh, probably a selling club a little bit, and if they can keep hold of him, they'll have a really good season. Absolutely. Uh, James McLean left Stoke, um, but look, Stoke City have started very well. Uh, I've watched uh, quite a bit of them. They they played Swansea off the park on Tuesday completely. Uh, they drew with Birmingham, which is the anomaly. They beat Fleetwood in the AFL Cup and they've beaten Reading, but they've looked like we expected them to look two two seasons ago with the squad they've got. Um, yeah, Sam, and, uh, Sam Klukas, by the way. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and one thing I will... I say about Sam Klukas is I was and, and this team's as well I'm picking on Swansea as well because it was against them but um, any player who scores for his club deserves to celebrate um, yep. he celebrated in, in the way that he wanted to celebrate I do I believe he took it a little bit too far taking the shirt off and doing it for the Swansea fans possibly but right. he's a very passionate footballer so you know what I mean is, was it worth a yellow card scoring a goal listen every every game's worth a yellow card scoring a goal because it's, it's an amazing feeling so um, but you know what I mean? He, he did something at the time which he thought was right. I think um, we understand as well as he's taken a lot of abuse um, from Swansea fans. So, and he would have got a lot of pelters during the game in the build-up to the goal. So, of course, it's human nature to defend yourself. Yeah. And that's why I don't have a problem when, not just because it's Swansea, but players of any, you know, any any teams, if if they choose to celebrate their goals and if particularly if they're getting pelters, then why shouldn't they give it back? Um, Blackburn again, mate, as well. I thought very good this week. Um, yeah, listen, they've got young, they've got young players. Um, it's going to be, uh, well, be, be, be a test for them if they can if they can sustain it. Um, it's, a, yes. it's a big season for Daniel Ayala to be a to be a stalwart and to help those young lads through the season. But um, he's he's capable because he's he's a serial uh, promotion winner. He's done it before. He'll do it. I'm yep. sure he can do it again. 
absolutely mate so we got our next step is our two ups two downs mate okay so uh people in the chat let us know two ups for the week two downs for the week from the sky bet championship what would you like to start with andy down or up uh let's start with the negatives because i think it's only uh, i think it's only right that uh, we can finish on a positive okay mate. right uh there was a few this week this was probably one of yeah. the easiest weeks for a while to pick some yeah there was loads there was quite a few because i normally struggle to get a downs so uh, i got a few i got three this week in case me and you pick the same ones uh yeah, so I who's your first guy uh, i'm going to get it in just in case you pick it um i'm going to go to uh mr brammel from uh the referee the cardiff peter begin because i think he got the i think he got a, a the huge decision wrong at the start with a tackle and i think it it created the atmosphere especially towards the end of the first half and for me that was it was just it, it wasn't needed so for me i think he, uh, he got the tackle wrong and um and it could have been avoided massively yeah, I had that one, but I'll, I've got another one as well. Uh, so I'm going to go Harry Wilson's red card. Uh, was silly, petulant, let his side down, let himself down. And uh, here's what it is. He learned from it. Yeah, my second down um, is Middlesbrough goalkeeper Lumley. Uh, I don't know if people saw the third goal for QPR um, near post. Listen, I, I, was, I was probably thinking about adding the defender in as well for letting him get the shot away, but He's let him get a shot away because there's no way in the world he's scoring unless he goes through the goalkeeper. And unfortunately, it went through him. Um, I think the jury's out. I think Middlesbrough fans aren't, aren't quietly confident on on how he's performing. And and he's got he's got if he plays tomorrow at Derby, it's a big game for him. Indeed, mate. Um, so my second down and certainly sorry to say is uh, Marlon Pack's sitter. Um, look, his third win of the season already, and costly um god be better but i will caveat that with saying marlon pack has been very very good this year but he needs well, to I, work I, on his finishing I, something on, I, was, I was i was gonna add it on earlier on but i didn't get i didn't get it in that one thing what's pleasing for me at the minute size cardiff's midfield is are creating chances you've got pakuna missed two in the first game one in the second um yeah, Pack's missed, right, yeah, um, one in the second game one in this game i, I think it's, it's it's pleasing that they're getting there but i think yes. someone someone with an attacking mind uh, with a little bit more composure, would probably score in those moments. Uh, Lee Tomlin would score in those moments. Yeah, Lee, Lee Tomlin's. We got to go. We have to. Cardiff have to get either Lee Tomlin fit, or they have to sign uh, an alternative. In my opinion, um, because that's the one player they just don't have. Um, okay, up, Smith. Who you got? I'm going to steal yours. I'm going to go uh, Aiden no. Flint. Um, no. Uh, his two goals speak for himself. He 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 single-handedly for me saved Cardiff City on yes, um, both Tuesday because I thought defensively he was very good, even though they, they let two goals in. I thought he was a standout of the three centre halves, um, and his two goals were excellent because without those two goals and the way he put his head in, which many players wouldn't put the feet in. By the way, I think he was uh, he was he just shows how much and how important he is for Cardiff City. Oh, um, so I've got to go with um, Moet of West Brom. Um, just, just phenomenal uh, in both games, all games. Just honestly, mate, uh, real player. Um, but yeah, I've gone with him. Superb. And uh, who's uh, your second? My second, my second up, I've gone for Alexander Mitrovic. Um, I was going to pick... You gave him loads of grief last week, didn't you? Yeah, I know. Uh, but he's turned to the party now. I thought, right, Saturday was, I, thought, I thought on Saturday was excellent um, against Middlesbrough. He just didn't look like he fancied it. But I don't know if that was a... I'll put him on the, probably the same scale as Harry Kane. That Harry Kane didn't fancy um, the first couple of games in the Euros. And then all of a sudden he started playing well. Um, I, thought, I thought he was excellent. 
So I've got to give credit where credit's due. As Swansea City have just scored, by the way, they've just taken the lead of Bristol City. Well done. Well done to them. Um, my second up is Ryan Giles. <laughs> just because just because they are super. Yeah, Ryan Giles are superb. He is. Uh, as I said, sorry about his crossing. You, mm. some, of the balls that, some of the balls that he got in from the corner flag, that's how deep it was. He, he didn't just swing it and hope for the best. He got it in and on a sixpence for, for, for a couple of players. I, there was one where he dug it out the corner flag and he put it into Kiefer Morney and Kiefer ended up heading it in the air and then heading it again. And it just shows how, uh, how, much, ability, how much ability he's gotten. Cardiff have, have, have always been successful when they've had wingers and good wingers playing for them. And if he can keep putting balls in like that, they'll score more goals. 100% mate. Um, that's what I was going to say to you. Uh, one person who I thought was excellent uh, for Nottingham Forest was Colback um, the other day. Really, really good player. Um, could be a, could be a player for Forest this year, I think. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we will see, mate. We will see. Um, bit of a Middlesbrough and Cardiff heavy show this week, but that won't be the case all the time. It's just the By the way, Peterborough United took a lot yeah. of the credit for this- and, 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 and so, so did QPR. Listen, I've been very crit- look, critical of QPR over the last two or three seasons. I watched them five years ago and they were, they were one of the worst teams I've ever seen on the Riverside. You know what I mean? On Wednesday night, they were one of the best teams I've seen on the Riverside. So you've got to take credit where credit's due because because I was there to see the game, it, it's easy for me to make an opinion on it. And um, it's not all positive with Middlesbrough. It's not all positive with Cardiff. It's just, it's, it it's just is what it is. Yeah, 100%. Was that about me? I thought that was about me. No, yeah. Great Stage championship. Average, mate. <laughs> average. Right, though. Um, if that's about me, that's bang on. That's about me. That's right. No, he was not about Great me. Great championship player. <laughs> Mitrovic. Average, he said about you. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's the championship for this week. Obviously, we'll, uh, we'll be back next Friday to talk about more. Um, there was a question somewhere, and I can't find it. To uh, do, 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 do. do. Uh, yeah. Leslie also oh. asked us to say hello to one of his friends in Scotland. I can't remember what he's called. Uh, uh, James. I, I did Hi, hello, James. Welcome, James. Hello, James. Get loads of um, um, get loads of loads, loads of Rangers fans to come and uh, come watch the show. Please. I know. That's it. Now. He's a Rangers fan. Um, that what's the boy who went to Rangers, which we were talking about earlier from the championship. Bakuna <laughs> from uh, Huddersfield has gone to Rangers. That'll be interesting to see how he uh, how he gets on. It. I think. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Obviously, we got the show. We got the show on Monday. We got. Um, the one and the only Davy Wheater, uh, ex Middlesbrough, ex Bolton Wanderers, ex Oldham Athletic Defender. Um, great lad, great laugh. Uh, he'll have loads of stories. I am conscious, by the way, that Cardiff City are playing, so any Cardiff fan who doesn't watch the show will not Cardiff be able to play on again. Monday, are they? Mate? Oh, they were, yeah. No, yeah. they're not. Then, no, they're not. They no, they're playing Saturday. Yeah. Not according to the fixtures, which I was just looking at. They're on us Tuesday. Sorry, I apologize. Tuesday. I apologize. Sorry. You confused Sorry. me so much oh, when you texted me. Text in on the other day. Sorry. Sorry, Sorry, that's my fault. I must have read something. I must have read something wrong. Um, but yeah, so Dave Wheat is going to be a classic, man. I'm really looking forward oh, to it. He he's, he's got some great stories. He's a very confident lad. Um, obviously, those, those who live in the northeast areas, um, uh, there's, a, there's a new David Wheat burger. Um, being put in a, one of the local pubs, so it, it, and, and I'll let him. I'll let him tell the story so he can go and there, sample it. But it's, uh, it's uh, it looks uh, it looks very funny, very good. So. Good shout, mate. Um, I'm back on Sunday with the uh, MMA and boxing show. We have a special guest, which hasn't been announced yet because uh, it's a good one. But uh, I also spoke to uh, 
one of the best pound for pound fighters in the history of MMA today and uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, uh, which is an exclusive interview coming out next week, which was a massive, uh, massive get for me. I was very, very happy to have that. And he did not disappoint. As I said to Andy before the show, Andy's not like fully up to speed on all things MMA. I said, basically, he's the equivalent of like Messi or Ronaldo in uh, the UFC flyweight division. So, uh, yeah, very, very exciting. But we'll be back Sunday. Then we'll be back Monday. And uh, lots of, lots of interesting things to go. Come and see. Please subscribe to the I think he might have gone. <laughs> I think he might have gone. Uh, guys, have a great weekend. Um, and we will see you on Monday. He just disappeared. I don't know what happened. Sorry, I was saying goodbye for everyone. I didn't even come back. Subscribe, youtube.com slash ace podcast nation. Check out Sports Social. Also, please do download the audio version. That really helps us a lot. Cheers, guys. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my Auntie Louise told Mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if Mummy or Daddy got sick. Then we'd get enough money to take care of us, and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Do just what you want. You're the one I trust. And I always be around when I need some love and baby. Podcast Network.